What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer, and you're about to hear Aaron Dotson. I have had to cut out the first section of the podcast. You didn't really miss anything, but I had some technical issues with my microphone. That being said, you're listening to Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where Aaron Dotson and myself, we discuss contemporary issues, timely issues from the timeless truth of God's Word. We have a verse from which we got this idea. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. David needed some help, and all of the children of Israel, all of each tribe, sent men with certain skills. The skills of the children of Issachar were that they had understanding of contemporary issues so that the, the, the house of Israel, the kingdom, would know what to do. We need in the church today people with understanding of the times, and that's what today's topic is about, is one of the things that we need to have understanding of the times is um, we need to know about this issue of assisted suicide. So we've got a couple of videos that I pulled from TikTok, and Aaron and I are going to talk about this issue of assisted suicide, and then we're going to, at the end, talk a little bit about the need for uh, talking about politics a little bit more than we do in the Lord's Church. So this is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. We hope you subscribe, and we hope you stay tuned for the rest of the podcast. Share this. Be the algorithm. Be the um, be the notification bell. Whatever you're watching this on currently, <coughs> share it. Mm-hmm. Comment on it. Yeah. Interact with it. And consider supporting me on Patreon. <laughs> Or uh, support Digital Bible Study and uh, a rising tide raises all ships. I got some disturbing videos for us today. Something I've been thinking about a lot. Something that I haven't addressed on the Cogitations podcast because I wanted to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's euthanasia. And I'm not talking about young people living in China. I'm talking <laughs> about assisted suicide. And I remember being told when I when I was young talking about abortion that if all human life is not precious and we think that we can end the life of a child in a womb, then those same arguments can be applied to killing old people, that old people are next. And once old people are next, then it'll be the mentally ill then finally it'll just be people who are having a blue Monday who don't want to be alive. And I remember being told, and people who were using that same line of reasoning being told, well, that's just stupid. That's a slippery slope fallacy. You know, all you right-wingers, all you Christian conservatives, all you others, as it were, y'all are just alarmist. Y'all are just, y'all are sick to even think about stuff like that. And then lo and behold, around a decade later, here we are, and it is codified into law in Canada. And I I searched a little bit for it. I I didn't know we were going live this morning, or I would have actually been able to find this, but there's a commercial in Canada from a, a clothing store, a furniture store or something, that's extolling the virtues of assisted suicide. It's like we're living in some kind of dystopian 
post-apocalyptic Hunger Games type of setting. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, know, I know, Aaron, that the ecclesiastical writer says there's nothing new under the sun. Um, I, I, I think about the Hunger Games, and in the Hunger Games, they had this, they the, the city, the elites had this big party or they would have these parties, and after they would engorge themselves on all of the niceties, the the food and stuff, they would drink this tonic, and they would be able to eat so much more. And I thought that was pretty revolutionary and would show the decadence of a society that's gone way too far. But then I start studying um, in Bible archaeology, and they, they find these pits for these drinking parties and what would happen is they would have these drinking and eating parties and they would have these this pit that you would go and you would induce vomiting so you could clear out your stomach and you could go make room and go eat and drink some more. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So on the Hunger Games, there's really nothing new. It's just a tradition, a practice a few thousand years old. Yeah. And and the reason I'm I'm saying this is because I am sure that um, that there have been societies in the past that practiced stuff like assisted suicide for their elderly. I know in certain Native American tribes, whenever an, a, a, an old warrior would be too much of a drain on society, he would go off and, and succumb to the elements. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I suppose yep. that's at least nobody else besides him is involved. But yeah, anyway, like I'm not asking you to help me do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, life is precious. And all right, so I don't know. I, I it's almost like where do you even start talking about it? Yep. Like, uh, just with you know, like what, what? Okay, so like on the general premise, we believe that you know suicide is wrong. Because it's self-murder, you know. I mean, we're not talking about yeah. all the different clauses and mental illnesses and just things like that. Just speaking in general, you know, that that and, and the command and the charge of the Christian or to the Christian is to to persevere, to endure. Yeah. So it would certainly be wrong for a Christian to just say, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to kill myself. I'm tired of my life because of X, Y, Z. The command yeah. is to persevere and to endure. I think that's a good point because it takes it away from the judgmental nature of wickedness. It's not that you're, a, if, if you're going through the trials of life, it's not that you're a wicked person if you contemplate the idea of not being in the trials of life. Yeah, because that happens yes. often. Now, granted, we don't need to allow people to just live in a perpetual state of suicide ideation. Yeah. Okay, that's unhealthy. But oh, sure. it is normal when you're going through the trials of life to be like, it would be a lot better off for me to go on to my reward. Like, well, there's I mean, nothing wrong with it. How is, how is that not Philippians 1 when Paul's in prison? I, I, yeah, I, if I'm in a straight betwixt two. I'd rather go be with Jesus. It's better if I stay here with you. I'm going to stay here with you, but if I had my druthers, yeah, I'd rather go be with Jesus. Have we forgotten that he was being persecuted? He was in prison. He wasn't. He wasn't on a coastline in 
in the Gulf of Mexico yeah. in comfort taking a picture of the sky, you know, yeah. saying, I'd rather go and be with the Lord. That, <laughs> that's know? right. You know, that's right. And, and the thing, the, the reason I like the point that you made there is because when I'm, when I, when I talk about it, it seems to devolve into, well, murder is sinful and you're sinful if you commit suicide. That's not, we can have that conversation. But I want the practical aspects of it. I want I want to be the most effective. And I think for a Christian, the commandment, as you said, is to persevere. It's one of the it's one of the Christian virtues, the the Christian graces is perseverance. Yes, and it can be too that some people commit self murder because they have they are not trusting in the Lord. I know That's I can't it. judge their every thought, but it is the case. I'm sure that people. They think their life can't get better, and they fail to trust in the Lord. Yeah. They say, well, God can't get me out of this. God don't truly love me. Satan has gotten them down a path to think where God can't help you out of it kind of thing. Uh, I was reading about Job recently, yeah. and there's a passage in Job. I preached this, this a couple Sundays ago, incidentally, about is God worthy to be served and worshiped? And I looked at Job from the perspective of he believed that he was even through these different – I had like six different – main ideas, even yeah. because of the, even though this, even though this, even though he thought God was killing him, yeah, he thought he, he thought was still was worthy. He, he still thought God was worthy to be served yet. while I trust him, you know? Yeah. Like and there's it, something going on here. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, he, and anyhow, I could go on and on about Job. Yeah. I love thinking about Job. The book of Job is incredible oh, yeah. to me, but I think the book of Job is about the integrity of God and Satan constantly yeah. trying to attack that integrity and I think the key to the book of Job is Job 2, verse 3, where where the second time Satan comes before God, you know, and God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? He he still serves me even though you tried to incite me against him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's exactly what Satan tries to do today. Even if he's l- more limited than he was in Job's day, that's yeah. through temptation, that's exactly what he's still trying to do to get people to think God's not worthy to be served. Anyhow, I don't know how I got off on that, except that you could fail to trust God. Yeah. And that's not right. You well, know, that, that's I, certainly, uh, it's, yeah. And, and here's the thing we can talk about that. that. That's certainly the, I would say probably the default when it comes to Christians who commit suicide, they do not have a trust in God. Yeah. They, there's, there's something there that, there's a disconnect now. Whether or not suicide is a punch ticket into hell, I don't think it is. I think I think the the judge of all the earth is going to do right and is going to take certain things into account, such as your mental stability and and all that yeah. good stuff. So well, there's just things there we can't answer. Yeah, things there you can't answer. And every time I say something like that, and and you know, talking like from a pulpit to a congregation, inevitably somebody raises their hand and they ask about their uncle John or their brother Bob or their cousin Ed or their sister Sally or whatever, you know. And I, my response is always, I absolutely, it is above my pay grade to comment on your loved one's scenario. Yeah. It's almost above our pay grade to talk about it in general terms. But well, just like I started out with, what I would always preach is I would never encourage anybody to commit suicide. And I know you never would either. I mean, that's just preposterous. I mean, right. su- suicide's terrible. It's super bad on so many levels. And, it's a long-term but as far solution as, to a short-term y- problem. Yes. I mean, that's not—and that it is going against the desires of God. You know, you can't 
You can't even ask the question, does suicide please God? And if it does, what verse? You can't even ask that because everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows that there's no, it, God does, there's no charge in God's word for us to kill ourselves so we can be better off. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. We all we all know that, but the deal is, is what would we do to prevent that? And there's a lot of yeah. things. I don't know if that's any of the things you want to talk about, but you know. Well, there, it is. But I want to get to these videos. I want to. Some of the comments uh, are really good and provide a good segue into the reason for showing these videos. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Gotcha. Yeah. Someone didn't read Obamacare, or they would know better than to say that. And I can't remember exactly what that what I was talking about or we were talking about at the time, but we were talking about how um, the uh, abortion, the slippery slope argument is that if 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 killing children in the womb is okay, it won't be long before killing old people is okay. That is spread to the mentally ill. Then that then that then that is spread to just people who are having a blue Monday. Um. And of course, Deborah's right. Uh, reading Obamacare, there were provisions for stuff like this in it in the United States of America. As she said, they were very upfront about it. And Greg James says, I can't remember where it is uh, or where I saw it, but Bill Gates is known to support population control and has backed up COVID to sterilize girl and boys and um, and kill the older population. And listen. A few months ago, you might, you know, we might have read that, and been like, "Look, you're just a kooky conspiracy theorist." But these people are saying this out loud. Yeah, like we're we're not having to guess. It okay? We might not know what they're doing, but we know what they're saying. And if what they're doing is commensurate with what they're saying then this comment I just read is not a kooky conspiracy theorist comment. It's just a comment rooted in reality. Yeah. Where he's putting his money, you know. That's it. That's it. And, of course, Deborah says, we don't have the right to take any life, not even our own, but there are some who don't understand that what they're, what they're doing, really. And uh, he's right about Gates. He's not quiet about what he's doing either. That's it. All right. So let's. The reason I want to show these videos is one video talks about the statistics in Canada, and I wanted you to hear them from somebody besides me. And this person that says about the statistics in Canada, she's a proponent for the assisted suicide. And then the first video is a person is from a person who's against assisted suicide, but he's showing this this news story that's in Canada where a man doesn't want to die. He's just being killed out of convenience. He won't. He, he's applying for assisted suicide out of convenience, mm. although he doesn't want to die. All right, are you wow. ready? Yeah. Wow. If there already wasn't enough reasons to be ashamed about being Canadian, here's another. Amir Farsoud has applied for medically assisted dying, known as MAID. He lives in constant agony. Isn't that, a, isn't that a, an ironic acronym? MAID. MAID. Get, medically assisted. assisted induced death death or something yeah yeah due to a back injury but has started the process for end of life because his rooming house is up for sale and he can't find anywhere else to live that he wow yes he wants to die because he doesn't have anywhere else to live well that so he or doesn't want to die he, oh okay this guy doesn't okay i'm sorry he doesn't want to die but okay i'm sorry let's just keep going it's yeah it's, go ahead it's terrible 
can afford. He doesn't want to die, okay. but being homeless is not an option. I know in my present health condition, I would survive it anyway. His doctor, who knows Farsood's real reason for MAID is his fear of being homeless, signed off on the application in August. I don't wish to be dead, even with the pain, even with the meds. I still want to be here. Are you afraid wow. to die? Who isn't? So maids, medical assistance and oh, dying, is basically the option here in Canada to give people a dignified death. Now, I don't know how I feel about it as a whole, because it was originally intended to be used for people who had some kind of chronic illness that had no hope for the future. Or Notice what he said. I don't know how I feel about it as a whole. So this guy does not, probably doesn't share most of our Judeo-Christian values. Yeah. But even he says, I don't know how I feel about this as a whole. I get the idea of somebody being at the end of their life and wanting to have control on how they go out. But this is clearly wrong. And yeah. and this is the problem with having something like that is the abuse of it. And right. especially if your, if your healthcare is socialized, the needs of the many are always going to outweigh the needs of the one. Yep. That, yep. That's what, a, that's what, mm -hmm. that's what socialism is. Democracy and socialism are, overlapping i'm so glad that the united states of america is not a pure democracy because then it would devolve into socialistic totalitarianism mm -hmm. where if it costs more to keep you alive than it does to kill you then the majority can come together and 51 percent of them can say we're going to kill you yeah that's why a constitutional republic is so powerful yes well, it, well, and that it's built on Judeo-Christian values yes. of individualism and sovereign individual rights. Yes. And nobody has the right to take your, uh, nobody has the ability uh, of the right to take away your right to life, to infringe upon your right to life and freedom yeah. and the pursuit of happiness, joy. Uh doesn't give you a right to be happy. It gives you a right to pursue happiness. Is that an argument that people who oppose the death penalty make? That, that's, uh, if it is, it's erroneous because people do they do they try to have, yeah I'm yeah people I know that's taken, yeah people who have taken a human life have given up their rights. I agree. You know that yeah, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. Of course, that's Genesis the the covenant with God and man through Noah. Yeah. Uh, nine, whosoever six. yeah whosoever yeah. spills blood by man's by man shall his blood be spilled. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, yeah, that's a pretty, but yeah, democracy, democracy isn't a word in our constitution. That's right. It's not. Well, the mainstream media has pushed that word real hard for a long time. Yes. Yes. But anyhow. All right. Let's, let's watch the end of this video. You can see he's even torn and oh, yeah. he, and, I, and he doesn't share the exact same convictions we do, but no. you can tell he's like, I get it. You know? chronically ill and there's absolutely no way for them to get better i, I can see that he says but and, this is different this you know yes and obviously it is different and and let me tell you let me make a confession right here if i'm laying up in the bed with stage four cancer and i know that i'm going to have several weeks of nothing but agonizing pain before i die i want the doctor to give me the morphine pump without the restriction on it <laughs> yeah and let me dull that until either I pass prematurely or I'm so out of it I don't feel those agonizing weeks left. 
That is different. Someone would argue, oh, but that's assisted death and killing, but it's not. Yeah. It's different. It, it's not. It's different. It, it's me. It's me. Uh, the the unintended consequence of me alleviating my pain is that I die sooner. Yeah. And it was you that requested it. It was not because of some numbers game well, or yeah. government or or because you were, you know, again, you well, have a chronic illness yeah. and you know you're dying and you're not saying kill me now, shoot me in the right. head. You're right. saying give me medication that will prevent me from being in such pain. And Good. inevitably that will yes. shorten your life in the long run. I, yes. Anyhow, Alle- alleviate I, my I, symptoms. And one of the unintended consequences of symptom alleviation is organ failure. Yeah. We're not doing it just to kill you, Tony. We're doing it because right. you're in agonizing pain and we don't want right. to see you like that. Right. Which is, which is why medical advocates are so important because if you've got somebody that if you just if you if they could just heal, they could live an otherwise long and healthy healthy life. In the moment of the agonizing pain, they might call for 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 suicide. That's why this is so nefarious. Is because in Canada, there was a woman, and and this was on the Matt Walsh show, I believe. There was a woman who uh, was requesting a wheelchair lift. For her stairs, it, a lot of the in in Canada, most of the houses are multiple stories. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way the construction is up here. So it's a big thing for an elderly person to have a lift. Well, they couldn't get her a lift till next year, but they could help her end her life, and they they tried to talk her into that. <sighs> and so and sad. and whenever people, whenever my brethren hear this, they think, "Well, Tony, you're making that up. It's not that bad." No, it it is. We're we're not making this up. Yeah, this is reality. That's it. That's All what right. I think a lot of our brethren in the states are struggling with. Like the realities of certain blatant sins have become so apparent. We're like, we just can't believe. It's like we're in shock. Like we're like, no, that only happens in liberal cities. That only happened. That and it's like, no, it's happening. It's happening. It's, it's real. It's normalcy we're, bias. Yeah. It, yeah. We're struggling with that in, yes. in the brotherhood here in the States. Yeah. I could go on about that. We, maybe another time it would be fun. But anyway. All right. Let's, let's finish this video. Or some sort of impending doom where they were going to suffer a horrible death either way. But that's not what we're seeing here. We see a man who suffers a chronic illness but does not want to die because of his chronic illness, but instead wants to die because he fears he may become homeless and will die anyways on the streets. And the worst part about it is he was accepted. He was approved for maids. This is disgusting. As a country, we should be ashamed that we cannot help our own that are in need, but instead usher them on to the next life so that they do not become a burden to us. In March 2023, maids will open up for people who suffer from mental health conditions. What that entails, who knows? But if this is a sign of the future of our country, I expect a lot of unnecessary death. That's pitiful. Pitiful. Absolutely. <laughs> and and again, you know, how do as Christians, how do we stand up for this? Right. Or how do we stand up against this? Well, you know what my answer is? You go vote. Yeah. Now, well, well Tony, aren't we supposed yeah, if you convert enough people to Christ and they vote their values in Christ, then you're not going to have this. 
Yep. However, there are enough people who share where, where our values intersect that are not necessarily Christians that if we stand together with them on these political issues, we can make the world a better place for Christians and, and God's church will thrive in that environment better than they will thrive in an environment antagonistic to Christians. Yeah, I agree. So the, the minimum effort for the largest result at this point, is go vote. Oh, but Tony, if you team up with people that are not members of the one church, you're fellowshipping with unfruitful works of darkness. That's yeah, what. That's, that, that, that's, that's just stupid. That's just wrong. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not. That's not merely stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something on uh, uh, Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, I, I, met, a, I met a little met a little kid. It's been good grief, Aaron. It's thirty years ago now. Uh, he, he was just a gritty little kid, and, and if something if he thought something was dumb, he wouldn't say it's stupid. Is that thooping? Thooping. He was young enough; he had a speech impediment. Anyway, you, um, you, you know what this subject of of of, of the video there is making me think about is the atheistic argument that well, you know, if physical life is not all there is, and that God was not immoral for having Israel kill these different nations that had children in them. The atheist then argues, the atheist that argued with uh, Kyle Butt, gospel preacher Kyle Butt, yeah. he said, well, then why don't you just kill all the Christians and kill all the babies? And you remember that? I, yep. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, I can understand why you would, that, that's, that's the, that's the nihilistic, um, that's the nihilistic view. Yeah, it is. And 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 it, and it, but it all boils down to basically a comment that Deborah O'Neill made, or she said in so many words. Bottom line is, God is the only one that's authorized to take life and to instruct mankind when life can be taken. Well, if you gave it, you know? you're allowed to take it away. Yep. So God's the only person. God's the one that gave us life. Yep. Now. God can authorize a certain institution to wield the sword of vengeance. Mm -hmm. That's the death penalty. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. And will individuals. Yeah. But, you know, the right of life and property, you know, to protect themselves, you know, it's true self-defense, not vengeance, but true self-defense, you know. Yeah. But anyhow, it. We, right. we cannot we can't say oh we'll just kill them then just kill the Christians or just Christians could just kill each other that way they go on to paradise you know yes. no God only God gets to decide that let me let me read this democracy or where is his family we're to teach others compassion I can't imagine this is biblical talking about the guy that is going to be homeless well that's the beautiful thing if if the world followed judeo Christian values that man would have a tribe. That man would have a group of people around him to take care of him in his old age. The commandment to honor father and mother is specifically so, expressly so, when they're old, they won't have to worry about where they live when they can no longer work with their with their hands and their back. Right. That's what honoring your father and mother is. Honoring your father and mother has no... My mother has zero say in the things that I do in this life and in my house. And I'm thankful, and I've, I've said this on podcasts before, my brother-in-law is and my sister is, is very well off. 
and I'm not taking care of my mother is going to fall to them. And I'm, I'm glad that they're blessed with this world's good in order to be able to do that. But I would even, even, even though let, let's say that the relationship isn't, let, let's say it was a terrible relationship. And by the world standard, let's say that I had reason to hate my mother. According to God, I've still got to honor her because at the very baseline I'm alive and, and granted I'm adopted. So even my biological mother, I have a, a baseline to be grateful for her because I mean, I'm alive because of her, but then my mother and father that adopted me, adopted me out of a situation that let's say that I had a very terrible upbringing with them. And by the world standard, I have reason to hate them my life is still orders of magnitude better than if I would have been left in the situation where I was. Yeah. So I have, I have for which to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, it's a weird sentence structure. I, I said it like that on purpose. I have, I am in possession for which to be grateful. I, that there, there are just many things. Mm-hmm. That means I take care of my mother and father. That means I take care of my mother, even if it's a terrible relationship. Now, it is not. Yeah, that's good. But if if we if we didn't erode the family unit, if Christians would have stood sooner and didn't allow this culture to erode the family unit, that man would have a tribe and he wouldn't be facing uh, assisted suicide imposed upon him by the Canadian government or homelessness. Yeah, exactly. You know how Jesus uh, dealt with the Pharisees that had their little loophole, they thought, to honoring your father and your Corbin. mother? Corbin. Yeah, Corbin. Whatever profits you might have received from me is a gift to God. That's it. Then, then, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition that you've handed down. And many such yeah. things you do. So that was, see, that again, that, my point is bringing that in is like honoring your father and mother. That's, that's providing for them when they can't. They took care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves. Take care of them, provide yeah. the means to help take care of them. That's one of the main ways you show honor toward them. You, that's it. Well, you I provide, mean, you know. Aaron, I think that is the way. Yeah. Like, I literally think honor your father and mother literally means take care of them when they're old. Yeah. Yeah, you because know? when you're because when you're your own unit, you're not to obey your father and mother. That's when you're in right. the home, you know. Right. Ephesians six one. All right. Now you might think, well, Tony, how how big a deal is this in Canada? Now, if if I were for assisted suicide, <clears throat> but I didn't want to alarm somebody who wasn't, I might make the numbers smaller than they actually are. But let's listen to somebody who is for assisted suicide. And is she making the numbers smaller than they really are? I think the number is going to be so big, it's going to surprise you. And if you're of a mind that she's making the numbers smaller than what they really are, it might scare you a little bit. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. I see that the medical assistance in dying Canada has uh, made it to the American news after the announcement that uh, 
between 2016 and 2021, 31,000 Canadians made that choice. Wow. Between 2016 and 2021. Wow. How many thousand? 31,000? Or is that what? 31,000 31,000. Oh, 31,000 people. Ooh. And I don't know how how big the University of Tennessee at Martin Elon Stadium is. But that's probably enough to fill that stadium up. Wow. Let me see. Capacity of what stadium? I'll look it up. Elam Elam Stadium. Yeah, the Kathleen and Tom Elam Center. That's 4,300 right there. It says Kathleen and Tom. Is that the... Oh, it only hold 4,300? Yeah. Oh, good grief, man. I don't know how to... You'd have to get a bigger stadium. I thought that was huge, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you've been in there one time years ago, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Um, Event centers for 31,000. Yeah. Oh, hold on. It's Google Maps. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of stadiums football wise in the United States that hold 50, 80, 100,000 people. Well, well you know. give, give me one that'll hold 50. I'm trying to, let's see. I, I, we, we, I, anyway, I, yeah, I was the point to, is, I'm looking, but I don't see anything coming up immediately. Uh, Hello, Missy Malone. The the point is, thirty one thousand people is a lot of people. Yep, thirty one thousand people. Um, that's like half the population of Jonesboro. Yeah, that's fifty percent of the population of Jonesboro. That is more than the population of Harrisburg. That is, um, more than the population of Paducah, Kentucky. That's more than the population of Union Union City, Tennessee. Um. That's a lot of people. Absolutely. I was trying to look up online to, to do, you know, how many cities in the United States have less than 30,000 people. It's tons. Oh, yeah. It, you know, yeah. probably now, thousands is what it looks like. Let's, 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 as you're looking at that, I want to play the rest of this video. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I encourage everybody uh, who has any worry about it, the full statistics to look up this report on Canada.ca. Um, it gives all the statistics of who was um, requesting medical assisted dying, uh, who was in, uh, what their ages were, what provinces they were from. It gives complete lists of what ailments they did have. Um, I thought it fairly to be fairly useful. And I'm kind of impressed that they even provided this information, this much information on this site. So it's worth to take a look at. The reason they provide, I mean, well, excuse me. It impresses me that they provided that information because it just shows you how little fear 
that they yep. have in this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They think it's all justified. Yeah, they're not concerned with any kind of serious backlash that would stop that or hinder that. Right. You know, virtue signalers of the worst degree. (laughs) As far as my opinion on uh, maids is kind of bittersweet. My mother in 2014 uh, had cancer. She had a tumor on the back of her tongue. It was terminal, and she couldn't eat. That was the problem. The cancer didn't kill her. She virtually starved to death. And after four months of doing that and coming to her end days was 10 days of her, her body just slowly shutting down. And I think had she have known that there was a choice out there or at very least to be able to call it when I get to that point, that's when I want it to stop, you know? So in that view, yeah, but I certainly do not want to see people with mental health issues lining up to get into this or financial issues wanting this as a way out. She uh, is a proponent for uh-huh. assisted suicide, but she sees the problem. Yes, she does. She's opposed to people with mental illnesses signing up or people just wanting to end their lives. And people with financial hardships. Financial, thank you. Yeah, financial hardships. Yeah. I don't have enough money, so I'm just going to I just elect to die. Uh, I'm working, I'm working on a sneeze. Good grief. Yeah. That's interesting that she, I'm glad to hear that at least. That's, that's far me. better. That's far better than nothing. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's something to build on. It is. All right. Let's keep going. Oh, I think it's wrong. Um, now if a pedophile wants to do a service to, to, to this community and wants to do it, I don't have a problem with that. But it's a very delicate. I wonder what her position would be on transgendering children. Yeah. And castrating young boys and performing double mastectomies on young girls. Yeah. I started to, I started to use a video today about a a story from the New York Times where a child, a 10 year old, goes into the nurse's office to get some Vaseline for his new tattoo that he got with permission from his mother and the law was involved. And and the hypocrisy is if this 10-year-old who is a boy would have said, I'm a girl, they could have started him on irreversible hormone replacers and puberty blockers. But yet, if it's a tattoo, which changes virtually nothing. Now, I'm not a fan of tattoos. Yeah, but, but I've got one, and it. And I, I got one when I was eighteen years old. It doesn't change who you are. Yeah, that's completely different than. And even though it's difficult, it is reversible. You can get it removed. Yeah. Maybe I'll get mine removed one day. I don't know. <laughs> My bull has been with me a long time. Uh, that being said, though, do you see the irony there? Yes. Now, this woman Crazy. talked about, well, if a pedophile wants to do the community a, a service, service, let him have access to the assisted okay. suicide. Okay. How would she feel, though, about maybe like her brother who stole her neighbor's, you know, or some guy that looked at her crossway or, I don't, you know, rape well, I'm, her cousin. I'm all, for, I'm all for putting pedophiles down. And I understand that. According to scripture, pedophilia shouldn't carry a death sentence. The only thing that should carry a death sentence is the taking of another human life. You got to, you got to kill somebody. 
so I understand biblically you can't kill pedophiles, but I'm like, yeah, but let's kill them anyway. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You, so you wouldn't decide that. You'd let the civil government decide that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would. That, that's one of those. That's one of if, if we were to put whether or not to to give the death penalty to pedophiles, I'd just say, you know what? Um, I may just abstain from that vote. Yeah, like. You, you remember, like when on Andy Griffith, Barney Fife is the one. They, Ellie gets a hundred votes to become a councilwoman, you know, and they don't want a councilwoman back they in those days. Yeah. And Barney is the first one to sign that petition, and he makes his case, you know, that it wasn't because of me that she got that hundredth vote. And Andy's like, "Yeah, but if you hadn't, she'd have got ninety nine, you know." So if the good Lord looked you in the face and said, "Tony, it was actually your vote that did that," you know, I just yeah. wouldn't be held accountable for that. You know? Yeah. And and like well that, that's the thing so but yeah and, and just just from a purely theological standpoint, um, the only the only death penalty the only person upon whom you can uh, prescribe death penalty is murderers. Yeah, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. The punishment has to fit the crime. Now I don't know what you do. I mean I think I'm like Ben Shapiro. Let's let's chemically castrate them. Yeah. You know, because the level of recidivism is just through it's the hard, roof. Yeah, it's hard to find something equally damaging to someone that has, you know, raped and molested someone like for years and years and yeah. years. Just one well, castration, one I time. I, it anyhow, I, I'm not saying well, don't that, castrate. That's, them. That's I'm just saying it's not, just yeah. It's we're hard not to so much that. worried. Justice being served there is not a punishment equal to the crime. It's, right a punishment that makes sure the crime never, ever happens again. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Yeah. Anyway, we got off on the tangent there, but yeah, we did. But, but, I was, cu- I would be curious to ask this woman what she thought about my three year old child being taken away from me and being put on puberty blockers. Yes. She's a Canadian citizen, right? I'm sure. Works for yeah. the Canadian government or something. Yeah. I don't know if she works for the government, but yeah. she's a Canadian yeah. citizen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready? Let's yeah, finish this out. It's not very long. Get situation, we got to understand each and every one of them. But starting here, it's a good start. And to keep up with the legislation that they're constantly seems to be bringing in on this one. All right. So, yeah, just some thoughts from her. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah O'Neill says, castrating them will not change your mental ability to carry on their business. Uh, it won't. It'll change your biological ability. When a, when a man is castrated, he loses his sex drive. It, it, it makes him an androgynous, non-sexual entity. So it doesn't matter what you're sexually attracted to, if you're, if you're chemically castrated or physically castrated, which is why eunuchs were made, uh, you, don't have, you don't have the sex drive that you did. That's why we yeah. geld horses. You know, we take a stallion, we'll geld them so you can actually house them and ride them around the mares. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not dealing with yeah. testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that wouldn't bother me a bit if we passed a law that says every, everybody that has a, a pedo charge, you're just chemically castrated. Yeah. Now you'd have to be careful because you got these Jack and Jill laws where you got a, 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 a 19 year old kid and a, and a 17-year-old girl, but they've been dating since she she was 14 and he was uh, 
16. You know, yeah. I, I, I've, I've known of some people like that, some, some young men who um, are marked out by the law as sexual predators, but it's, it's, it's because they were marked out before the Jack and Jill laws took effect or there were no Jack and Jill laws in their state. But anyway, we'd have to do some revamping for sure. Yeah. It's, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts, Aaron? I, I know the I solution. Just, yeah. It's same solution for like getting people to vote for the better candidates and stuff. If you change the hearts and minds of people with the gospel, that's it. Vote that your can, values. Yes. And that can get um, a big change going on. And like you said, too, even people that won't obey the gospel, some of them have some of the same convictions we do about certain moral things. If we can get on board with unifying in that regard, you know, that can make a, that can help too. But yeah. the subject we talked about today, I mean, that's just um, uh, suicide. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. We look at it from the perspective of, you know, the euthanasia, you know, assisted suicide stuff. And yeah, suicide is a sad and terrible thing. We certainly wouldn't want anybody to walk away thinking we think that, well, maybe it's not too, too bad and all that kind of stuff. No, it's, it's real bad. And see, it's, and it's even sad when, when the, for different reasons, you know, people get to the point in life and they think their life's not worth living. That's what a good bit of it uh, revolves around is they think their life's not worth living anymore. If they thought it was, they wouldn't kill themselves. You know, they think, yeah. hey, you know, this is, it's great to be here. It's, it's worth being here, even though I, and you see people like that. You know, you see people that, even people that aren't Christians, they have all these blessings, uh, not spiritual, but they have these, you know, things, these good gifts in their life. And even though they have cancer there, or even though their uh, legs have been chopped off in an accident, or they're in a wheelchair from birth, whatever, they think their life's worth living because they find value in things. But people's mental state can get to where, for different reasons, and I don't think it's always like because they're born with a mental illness. Sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's because something developed, the mental depression, anxiety, and other problems sometimes chemical sometimes not they just get to the point where they don't they can't think clearly you know uh and so that's where god certainly is the judge you know he knows what about these individuals and what they chose to do and what they didn't choose to do here's what i always say this is kind of how I'll, this is not what we talked about this is what i'll end with yeah when i'm asked well what about my you know what about my cousin so and so well i can't i can't speak to that let me speak to the bible to go to heaven if you're of accountable state you have to be in christ all the, all these folks that committed suicide you know that chose to that didn't that were not already safe in a safe state mentally i there's no biblical hope for them to go to heaven and it's not merely because they killed themselves. It's because they were outside of Christ, you know. So, I, you know, that's, that's the thing I try to tell people. The whole key for an accountable adult to get into heaven is by being in Christ and walking in the light, you know. Now, granted, there are sometimes people who are in Christ who take their own life. And incidentally, that touch is very personal to me. My uncle committed suicide, and he was a member of the church. So where did he go? What happened? I don't really know for sure. 
I really you don't can. know for sure. I don't. I I want to think this. I think that. I think. But I don't know for sure. But I can't say. Well, I know he's not going because he wasn't in Christ. I can't say that. He was. He was in Christ. Uh, and why he got to where he was and those kinds of things, God knows the intents and everything involved. God will judge him righteously. Absolutely. And and that's, you know, there ain't much left to say, really. No. Just, I hope this, I hope this episode kind of shed light on this. If you hadn't know about this, now you do. And get out and vote. Don't let this happen in the United States of America. And here, here's what bothers me so much is... Uh, we can take a program like Christianity Now where we talk about current events and how to help the church and, and, and the situations and scenarios she's facing. And we talk about these political things which have to be talked about. And if we say, hey, look, you know, get out and evangelize and convert people to Christ, but also vote yep. and vote for the candidate that is against assisted suicide, is pro-life, uh, is for um, f- is for the traditional uh, definition of marriage and all that stuff, who is against uh, transing the children, who is against hormone blockers, puberty blockers, who is against transgender story hour, all this, that, and the other, and whenever we say that, we get accused. Well, you're 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 just a Republican, and and you're a Trumpite, and you're a Trump lover. And I'm like, no, we're we're talking about issues. Yeah. Now it's not my fault if if whenever we say don't vote for pedophiles, if you think that means yep. you can only vote Republican. Yep. Well, you're telling me I can't vote for pedophiles. That means that means you're a Republican. Well. If the shoe fits, wear it. By God, yeah, yeah. If the that's plat- all I'm going to say. If the platform of the Republican Party was exactly what the Democrat platform party is, and if the Democrat Party had the platform that the Republicans have right now, I, that's what we'd I'd, be saying. I'd, I'd say the same truth. Yes, has nothing to do with height, weight, race, nationality, background. All this stuff is irrelevant. It it's has what to do promising you. I know it's what they're saying. They're going to accomplish. I, it, it saddens me, Tony, that so many brethren are are protecting by their by their comments, by their yeah. actions. They're protecting a political party like this, and people are getting all up in arms about any Christian that speaks out against it. Christians need to stay out of politics. I'm not in politics. I'm out. Talking I'm, about I'm, what the Bible I'm saying says. what the Bible says. I'm saying what, you know, anyhow. We're, you know, there, there's a general it's commandment sad. to uh, prove all things and hold fast to that which is true. And there's also an explicit command against bearing false witness. And this latest ordeal with what the media is doing to what Donald Trump said about suspending certain uh, immunities that former presidents have, they're trying to they're trying to make it make it to where he said we ought to suspend the constitution period yeah and for some of my brethren and i've seen some of my brethren and shame on you for doing this you're pathetic are saying that you're 
done with Trump or you're, you know, I can't believe he said we should, you know, the, the Bible and the Constitution behind the Bible, the Constitution is the most important. Like, look, listen to what the man actually said and don't bear false witness. He's not saying you should have suspended the Constitution. <laughs> Listen to what he's actually saying. Well, I Don't, thought. Well, I saw a screenshot on Twitter, Tony. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, you know that. That's what. That's what verbal disputes is yes. like. Yes. Uh, and and again, it's you, best if, to just kind of lay low and be quiet too. You know, when you don't really right. know for sure. You know, that's right. Well, that's like when the whole Jesse Smollett thing came out. All these people, oh, I can't believe it was so terrible. These two men attacked him. It was Chicago in a winter, in a polar vortex. In Chicago, two men wearing MAGA hats saying, this is MAGA country. (laughs) It's like, they don't pass a sniff test. I believe I'm going to wait for just a little bit before I comment on it. Because I'm going to prove all things, and I'm going to hold fast to that, which is true. Guess what we figured out? It was all a stinking hoax. Who would have thought that in Chicago there it wouldn't it would it would it would turn out to be false that two men beat another one saying this is MAGA country. Now I might believe that if you're talking about some of these rednecks in Tennessee or Arkansas or Alabama or something like that. And I can say that because I are one of them. I'm just not in Tennessee or Arkansas at the moment. But, but if but if you're telling me that this happens in Chicago, like, nah, buddy, your 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 story doesn't pass a sniff test. Anyway, that's all yeah. I'm saying, Aaron. You got anything to add? It's for, it's real good to lay low and don't say anything, even when asked, unless you're done all your homework and you're really yeah. sure. You know, that's. I'm not saying you can't speak on it at all, but a lot of times I'm just going to kind of be quiet about it for a while so I can let it bubble over and think on it for a while and see exactly. There, People can make videos. People can make pictures. People can tweet this, tweet that, tweet this, edit this, edit that, and people jumping all up in arms, and, boy, the media loves it. Mainstream media does that all the time. They're just constantly. It's just all the time. And, it, you know, Christians, know. we just don't need to – for the most part, we need to stay out of that and, you know, just teach the truth and just, you know, somebody ask you about this or that. If you don't know for sure, you say, you know, I don't know, but here's what I know God says. You know, here's what I know God's yeah. word says. You know, and if I read I know, the, if I read the whole book that Trump wrote and I can speak intelligently and say, well, this is, you know, he wrote whatever he said. He, yeah. And here's the con. Well, the, the, no, he didn't say that. The, the book I read the book. Is it you know? I mean, I'm yeah, not saying you can't defend truth. It's truth. But, well, I, I was I know. was talking to somebody, and we were talking about Elon Musk and Twitter, and I'm like, man, Elon Musk is. I, I'm I'm thinking there's another shoe that's going <laughs> to drop, so I'm really scared here. But I'm at this <laughs> moment, Elon Musk is the absolute best thing that's happened to our society in quite some time, <laughs> and. Elon just has let everybody back on Twitter, and, so, and well, I hope he didn't let Donald Trump back on. I'm like, Donald Trump's the one he should have let back on first. He was a setting president. Anyway, done, yeah. all that aside, and I'm like, why, do, why wouldn't you want Donald Trump back on? Well, because he's a racist. Like, he's a what? <laughs> I said, tell me one thing he said that was racist. 
nothing came out of this person's mouth that was true. I said he didn't say he said he thought he said all the immigrations, all the immigrants should just go back home. I said, that's not what he said. He said, yes. I said, no, he's talking about the MS-13 gang. He called them very bad people, and he called them something I can't repeat. I don't agree with the fact that he called them something I can't repeat. But he's not talking about all Mexican people. He's not talking about all immigrants. He's talking about people who come over here illegally. And let me tell you something. Since I am going through the legal processes for immigration here in Canada, (laughs) I have way less empathy with anybody that crosses a border illegally. I think every one of them ought to be sent packing. Yeah. Because my family and I have spent close to $20,000 immigrating legally. Yeah. Because that's what Christians do. We follow the law. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you come into the U.S. or you come into Canada illegally, you should be sent back. You just got to go home. Yeah. You got to be done. You don't belong here. Yeah. That's not racism. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what nationality you are. It's it's right or wrong. Now, then he talked about, well, Trump said that there were good white supremacists. I'm like, oh, good grief, man. Go to that. It's about the statues. And uh, well, I can't remember where the statues were. He said there were very good people on both sides of the issue. But if you if you look 30 seconds in either direction of that clip, he says there are very good people on both sides of this issue. And I'm not talking about the white supremacist. The white supremacist should be condemned. They're bad people. I bet the mainstream media probably didn't show that. That would they be my not. guess. That would they be did my... not. Yeah. And and people will watch it, people that are severely anti-Trump and have been turned against him by the main, media, main mainstream media will watch that clip and they will just be like, whatever. We don't care. He yeah. said there are really good people on both sides and uh, white supremacists were on that side, so he's saying there's really good white supremacists. I'm like, no, he's not. He's telling you what he meant. You're being unfair. You're not. You're not being loving. Which yeah. you, a, a Christian who is loving interprets things in the best possible light. Yeah, and that's to all men because we're supposed yeah. to do what to our enemies. Yeah, love our enemies. Love them. That means interpreting their actions and their words in the best possible light. Yeah. What's sad though is we've allowed what other people say and do to affect the way we treat one another in our communities and in the church. Yeah. Well, this news station said, he said this and not just Trump, all of them, just all of them. Just like we're treating one another in our everyday life. The old saying, like just turn the news off and just go love your neighbor, go teach the gospel, go ahead, you know, all that kind of stuff. Instead of trying to take up a mantle, you know, of, of attacking people. We don't even know them. We don't even. I, I can't remember know. what actor it was that said this. Um, he plays in Adam Sandler movies a lot. He's a comedian. Oh, come on. He, he's the one that you can do it. Is yeah. He said that. Anyway, this dude was like, look, 
if you go out and you talk to your neighbor, you're going to find out that we're not as racist, sexist, bigoted, homophobic as you're being told we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just go out and meet your neighbor. That That's what I found. Uh, all everything, Every report that I got on this area of Canada from a certain individual that was here, the preacher that was here before me, is this place is antagonistic to Christians. This place hates Christians. If you let people know that you're a Christian, they're going to persecute you. Everywhere I go, I talk about what I do here, and I talk about I'm from the States, and I'm a Christian, I'm a gospel preacher for the Riverview Church of Christ, and I have never not once been treated poorly. Now, granted, we don't have a line of people surrounding the block trying to come into a standing room only auditorium. Yeah. Okay. And you've probably had a lot of interactions, and of all of them so far, you hadn't had any. I mean, that's not amazing. One negative interaction. Yeah. <clears throat> that's amazing. And even if you do have some, they're not. That, it's going to take a long time for that outweighs the number of the ones all <laughs> yeah. the po- you know I mean well, I'm just saying it's, I, it's illegal it's for them to kill you right now so yeah good <laughs> yeah that's good that's about Vision all alone. I guess I got <laughs> Brandon Dresner said there's not a lot of wisdom wearing a MAGA hat in Chicago listen <laughs> you know whenever in in 2016 uh, they were trying to get me to wear a MAGA hat I, I was I was dude Trump was different. Trump, Trump, I like what David Chappelle said. Here, here's why people like Trump, because he was on that disp- debate stage with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, and Trump was saying, the system is rigged. Obama and Clinton was like, no, it's not. And the moderator said, well, why do you, why do you think the system is rigged? Trump says, because I use the system. I know it's rigged. <laughs> yeah. And he said, that's when, a, that's when a star was born, right there. He, yeah. uh, Hillary said, well, you don't pay taxes. He says, of course I don't. That means I'm smart. But if you want me to pay taxes, then you need to change the tax code, but you're not going to do it because you and your crony friends have the same tax benefits I do. Yeah. So change the code if you want yeah. if you want me to pay taxes, but you're not going to do it. Again, a star was born. He was yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I supported him. Now, people wanted me to wear a, a, a MAGA hat. And I'm like, there's no way I'm wearing a MAGA hat. Because, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not condemning you if you did. Right. But you're not a gospel preacher. Yeah. I'm a I, gospel I, preacher. I'm a Deborah O'Neill. I don't wear any political clothing. Exactly. It draws too much attention to myself. Got, exactly. Exactly. Uh, not because I think you're going to go to hell if you wear a political hat. But right. Just, right. But but that well that was my point right it's it's if I'm a gospel preacher you have to get to know so if if you meet somebody who absolutely hates Donald Trump you have to get to know them in order to change their mind about Trump I don't want to waste any time about that I want to get to know them to change their mind about Jesus mm-hmm. so I don't wear a MAGA hat yeah because it, it creates a barrier to entry yeah. Absolutely. So that, that's why I didn't, and that's why I would never, I, you, you know, know, I don't wear political shirts or anything like that. So since we're just kind of jabbing around with the truth, it's like, <laughs> low, that's true. You're so like yesterday I saw something, I think it was yesterday, day before, 
uh, that said, here I go, I'm going to open up a can, okay? That said, right here to it, end. Yeah, it said CNN was forced to hire extra <laughs> security amid a wave of layoffs at their corporate office or something, yeah. at their corporate news network. And my thought was, here's a news station, and I'm not praising one news station over the other. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying one's sinlessly perfect and the other's not. That's don't even right. try that with me. You know, I'm just saying this was a news station that constantly I saw headlines from them opposing the building of the wall and yep. and 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 constantly belittling anyone who believed in immigrants coming into our country legally and not illegally. I saw that constantly from their news feeds. And here they are when they have a a fight going on, they have a problems at their headquarters, they hire extra security. And I'm sitting there thinking, these are the people that preach that they're loving and tolerant. You know, we need to be loving and tolerant and let all these people just come into the country illegally. But it's yet, almost but like yet a wall. When, but yeah, it's like a wall. But right there in their head, when it's in their backyard and they've got the problem, oh, we're yeah. going to hire security. Security? What do you need security for? Just, just love them. Just be tolerant with them. That's it. I, you know, it's like stuff like that. That, and I would say the same thing if it was whatever Fox News or I don't care what their name is. In, inconsistency. I have no allegiance. Inconsistency. It is. I don't care who it is. Um, and that's that bothers me. That's another thing that bothers me is when is when I, as a human being or as a Christian, whether I was a gospel preacher or not. What bothers me is when we call out an inconsistency, we're trying to be as consistent as possible, and our life shows that we are seeking to be consistent. We're not just yeah. a bald-faced liar. When people know that, don't try to cut me down and cut under me or talk behind my back and you know, and say, he's just speaking political stuff. He's just tearing down whatever. You know, He's just tearing down Democrats. He's just tearing down black people. He's just tearing down... Uh, people that don't want the wall and all these kind. No, I'm wanting to see the inconsistency of it. Yes. You know, uh, and I would do the same of any other news station or any other individual. I would stand for the same principle and say, this is this, you know, A is A yeah. and B is B. Anyhow, it's people, people that know me know that, you know, that's yeah. the thing. I, I don't worry about that. I just, I'll, I just, Preach the gospel, stand for the truths of God's word, and that's exactly what I believe we've tried to do on this show. Uh, these matters of truth and reality and life and right and wrong, choose life and death, are going on every day on the street, in the homes, and in the government. <coughs> that's yeah. the reason we speak on these things, not because oh, yeah. we're getting a kickback from some public, some some we, political party. We never did read the verse. Do you have the verse handy? Which one? The first Corinthians? First Chronicles. Oh, first Chronicles. No, I did. I, no, I did you read did it. You did read the verse? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Well, I did at the very beginning. Again? Yeah, first Chronicles 12, 32. Of the sons of one, Issachar, two. who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chief were 200. Their chiefs were 200. All their brethren were at their command. You know, I, I just I want to reiterate in the context there. Every tribe of Israel sent people with a certain set of skills to be able to help David with the kingship. Yep. And the certain set of skills that the sons of Issachar had was an understanding of the times. Yep. We need an understand. We need people who have an understanding of the times. 
Let me tell you who I think's doing it better than anybody is doing it right now, and that's uh, Focus Press, Jack Wilkie and his bunch with those podcasts. They are so good. I agree. They are the they're they're. They're they're much better than Christianity now. <laughs> but, but we're glad you're listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh don't stop listening to us, but incorporate them in your listening uh lis- listening time as well. I've listened to a number of their audio po- podcasts on Podbean uh, as yeah. I've been able. I think they do a good job. Yeah. They do a great job in the top yep. it's it's I almost want to just go in behind them and just cover their topics. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's we might enough, do that. Well, there, well, you may. I did it a lot for, I found myself for about three or four months, at least once or twice a week covering an article that Jack Wilkie wrote. Yeah. You know, I figured I'd, I was either going to have to start including him in the, in, in the show or stop covering his content. So, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like so, cogitations with Tony Brewer and Jack Wilkie. Let me look here real quick before we hop off here. I've got it right here, Jack. Oh. I have a book that he wrote. I I have not read it yet. Okay. But I'm interested in reading through some of this. The book that he's written on, uh, he calls it Failure. What yeah. Christian Parents Need to Know About American Education. That's and it. I'm pretty sure i know enough of what he has said in some of his audio podcasts yeah. and i'm gonna like a lot of this yeah he just says it like it is we need to be aware you know and and anyhow you know he, he he's saying i think and I, know, I can't speak for him but i think he's like i am we got good brethren that are teaching in the school systems i'm not saying they're going to hell because they're teaching in the school systems i'm yeah. saying we need to be aware uh a uh, uh, Acutely aware is that a right? Is that a word? Acutely uh, work. Yeah, yeah. Of what's going on, and conduct ourselves in such a way, like yeah. before I can just tell people, yeah, it'd be best for you to quit your job. I wouldn't say that. They need to educate themselves and be keenly alert and aware. Then they can make decisions. Then they yeah. can, they can, they can even remain in those school systems and be a different light than they were before. Consent is not consent unless it is informed consent. Yes. It's like, yes. hey, I've got I've got bag A and bag B. Which bag do you want? I'm going to give you one. Which one? Yep. Oh, well, I'll take bag B. And bag B has a rattlesnake in it, and you get bit. I'm like, hey, it was consensual. He wanted bag B. No, it wasn't informed consent because bag A had $100,000 in it. Right. And now if I would have said, hey, bag A has $100,000, bag B has a rattlesnake, which one do you want? Yep. If you'd have said, well, I want bag B, obviously, and you got bit by the rattlesnake, I could say, hey, that was consensual. He said he wanted the rattlesnake. Yep. But yep. unless it's informed, it's not really consent. That's right. That's why having having brethren with understanding of the times to disseminate this information is so important. That's why political topics and issues need to be brought up in church. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway. As- as a whole, in my judgment, members of the church have been uneducated about it, have not and have not stood our ground like we what we can, could, and should, and 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 must morally. You know, yeah. I don't mean like you got to run for mayor. I mean like you know, speaking the truth and living the truth, yeah. and not being a silent, 
church mouse. That's what yeah. we generally have been. Got to stay out of politics, stay out of this, stay out of We don't need to stay out of everything. We need to get involved and teach people Jesus and the That's church, true. you know, and help me, God, to do that. I'm not professing. I'm just, you know, just blazing the trail, doing an awesome job. I'm trying to grow and do better myself. Yeah. Anyhow. I think it's a good end to end on. Yeah. Folks, I really thank you for tuning in. Uh, I had a good crowd today. Um, I'm I'm really appreciative of the cogitations, uh, your Facebook page, and how it's grown. Uh, the two by two podcast and the digital Bible study. Uh, be sure and support that stuff. Be sure and support me as a podcaster. www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And there's a plethora of other stuff, and uh, that if you're listening to this after the fact, that'll be in the show notes. Uh, yeah, Aaron and yeah. I are done. The only plug I have is uh, check out my audio podcast. I have a good bit on there, Aaron J. Dodson podcast on Podbean. That'll work. Well, folks, it's been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now, and we will catch you on the flip side.